people. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, 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 this is Laura. And this is Ardeen, and welcome to What Happens After Dark. Ooh, the things that happen after dark. <gasps> like snacking on your favorite snacks? Yes. <laughs> Watching your favorite movie. <laughs> I know. Watch a freaky one after dark. Yeah. Like when I watched Megan, that dumb one after oh my dark. God, that damn, she was like the new version of Chucky. Yeah, I think they're going to make more I Megan think, oh, movies. Oh, they're going to make more Megan. Oh, gosh, this that freaks like me out so bad. like the version of Chucky. Yeah, I've never watched Chucky. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never seen Chucky. I've uh, My niche when I was a teenager was Night Be- Nightmare Before Elm Street. Frankie. Oh. Or not Frankie, Freddy. Oh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah, I loved yeah. those. I have- they freaked me out, but I was like, wow. <laughs> the first one's okay the second one then it got too far you know it's like okay i mean you've done everything to the doll and he's still like barely <laughs> there's barely a doll and he's already killing it's like please just come up with something new yeah and i guess they did megan <laughs> yeah so they made megan yeah because he even had a bride yeah chucky's <laughs> bride or something like that wasn't there like one whole movie that was chucky's bride yeah Oh my gosh. Like, oh, my. oh, that oh is hilarious. God. Oh my God. What movie did we go see last week? I can't remember what it was. Ant Man and Wasp. Oh, yes. Ant Man yeah. and Wasp. That yeah. movie was so cool. I yeah. love it. It was funny. Yes. And it was so interesting. It, like, it kept me interested and wondering. Yeah. But then it's also funny, too. Like, yeah. I love when they have a mix of everything, you know? Yep. And I feel like Ant-Man, that like the first one and him in the Avengers and stuff, he he has that com- comedic like side like, of, uh-huh. of them. And so I think he's Paul Rudd. He's just hilarious. But what blew me away was how good Michelle Pfeiffer looks. I mean, <gasps> that woman does not age. Age ever. No, she's so beautiful. I know. I'm like, what are you using? Yeah, give us the secret, Michelle. Come yeah. on, hook your sister up. Yep, and even Michael Douglas. I mean, he's—I I hate to say ancient, but he's pretty old. Well, but he's still, but he's still good. doing good. Yeah. And then when I got home, I bought um, *Romancing the Stone* and the. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, and oh, the second one, favorite. *Jewel of the Nile*, Niles. or something like that. Yeah, I so love I those. watched those because I was like, oh my gosh, I want to see those now, and yeah. I forget how m- good those are too. They are excellent. I love. Yeah, he's a very good actor, good actor yes. in anything he does. Yeah. Just like his dad. I mm-hmm. loved, and my favorite one with his dad was um, 20,000 Leagues Beneath the Sea, the old, old Disney movie with Kirk Douglas. I don't remember. And a big, like, octopus comes oh, and gets I've there. I've seen it. I remember it vaguely. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, fantasy, dystopia, like, but okay. it was made, like, I think in the 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just timeless like his dad. Yeah, he sure is. I mean, his dad lived to like, what, a hundred? A hundred and one. Oh, wow. Yeah. hundred and one. Yeah. Incredible. Uh-huh. Hopefully he will too. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll keep making movies till he's a hundred and ten. <laughs> In a wheelchair or a walker. <laughs> walker. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, who knows what I could end up there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just like my old, my favorite, like older celebrity that aged so well was Sean Connery. Oh, yes. I mean, he was hot stuff. <laughs> he was so freaking yes. good looking. There's another one um, with his voice. That accent. Selig. 
Tom Selleck. Oh my. Okay, it? Tom Selleck is like my heart. Ever since I saw him on he's Magnum so P.I. Manly. <laughs> yes. Sexy. Oh, he's very, very, very sexy. God, he could be 232 years old and still look good. Oh, yeah. He is like, and Sam Elliott is, I think he's another one that's like really good looking and has aged really well. He was in the Ghost Rider movie with um, Nicolas Cage. I don't know if you ever saw that, but oh, yes. he's... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, guys. Millie has seen people downstairs, and she's freaking out. Me. Hey, Momo, come on. What's we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> Silly girl. She's our little mascot. But, yeah, so. <sighs> so, did you hear the the continuation of the guy that killed? Oh, yes. Okay. What's his name? Um, so you guys remember that story that we reported about the LDS family up in Enoch, Utah, that sl- he slaughtered his whole family and then killed himself? Michael, um, oh gosh, I'm looking, I've got the name right here. Um, anyways, he was being, it turns out that he was being investigated for um, child abuse. And so I bet you anything that could be why he slaughtered his family. I mean, it had come out that the wife was going to divorce him, Mm -hmm. but I bet it was all built on these grounds of him being abusive to the kids. And he was probably afraid. I'm going to go to jail. He knew what he was doing. So he's like, I'm going to shut them up and shut myself up. And coming from like an LDS background, there's so much like, hush hush and oh, keeping yes. that stuff on the low and then if anything like does service surface the amount of guilt that you mm-hmm. feel that um unfortunately i mean not that i'm excusing his behavior but he didn't want this stuff to come out especially for the church to find mm-hmm. out that's like the end all for lds people if the okay. church finds out what you've done then you know you're in trouble so I don't know if that was a driving force behind it. I just know from my years. And if I did anything that was not, you know, church, the way they look at things, then I was like, the amount of guilt that I carried was insane. That's terrible. So, yeah. Because we're humans. And if we make mistakes, like in the Catholic church, you go and repent and you keep going. Like, I feel like LDS, there's no such thing. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, you can go before your bishop and confess your sins or whatever, um, which I never agreed with. I thought if anybody I need to confess my sins, that's my relationship with God. God, exactly. Not some third person man. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I guess his son Ammon was sick and um, the mom, you know, she was going to be a mom and, and keep him home and make sure he's okay. Well, the dad didn't believe him and he picked him up and threw him on the ground. And so they were being investigated for that. And then, of course, she had filed for divorce. So I think out of his anger, the only solution he could see through the red was, let's just slaughter everybody, including myself. Very, very frustrating. Frustrating, terrible, horrible person. So Ardina and I were saying he's probably in a special place on the other side for people who do that kind of thing. And yeah, then it's the LDS section in hell. <laughs> yeah, the LDS <laughs> section in, in heaven. The, where the, There's and no would you say there. purgatory or something yeah, like purgatory. that? <laughs> LDS center. 
<laughs> All right, Michael, line up over here. I know. We're ready to register you. <laughs> yes. Your family gets to go over, over here, here, but you're on heaven. this side. <laughs> you're going right down here, buddy. Not so fast. Uh, yeah, you thought you were going to get rid of them. You did not. Yeah, no, 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 no. So, yeah, that's where we're at with that. But other than that, this week was pretty good. We had a nice work lunch, you yeah. know, and. And they served us some yummy food, tacos. as always. Was it, no, it, it was nachos. Tacos. It was the nachos yeah. with the beans and all the stuff that you put in tacos. It was good. And the churros. Oh, the oh yeah, the oh, churros with the different good. sauces. Yeah, they were good. So, yeah. And then uh, I, I, my nachos were so plain compared to everybody else. Because, number one, I can't eat avocado, so I couldn't have the, guava, the guacamole because I'm allergic. And then I don't like black beans. Because I just have a hard time looking at those. Oh, really? Yeah, they them. freak me the hell out. They mm-hmm. look like little cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't eat them. <laughs> so I'm like, no. If they are, they're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and I chose the meat. It was like um, the pork. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That was good. Is that what you had or did I you have the, the chicken? The chicken. Yeah, they both look good. They were I was really like, delicious. oh, gosh, which one do I want? And then done both, a little bit of both. Yeah, I wanted to pack up more and take it with me, me too, but they had but that I put away. Like, I know, I didn't want to look like a little piggy. <laughs> That's why I filled my plate up so huge the first round. <laughs> but I, was, I ate it all. <laughs> I know, me too. And uh, the person sitting next to us was like, oh, I don't know if I can eat all mine. I'm like, shut the hell up, woman, because I can eat. <laughs> I can eat it. <laughs> I can eat until the cows come home. So. <laughs> But it was nice. It was nice of it our company fun. to do that. We took some fun pictures. They were called boomerang yeah. pictures. And yeah. so you like, for three seconds or something like that, you just kind of move. move. And so it's like in slow motion then when they play it back. And it was yeah. so it was cool. So funny. Yeah, it was funny. We did the group and the two of us. Yeah. So maybe we'll, see I think, how we can upload those yeah. so they can see the pictures and then the video. It's funny i loved yeah. it <laughs> yeah it was so good so we've got to see if um my daughter can uh like smudge out the background because we can't oh, yeah, have our gotta, company stuff have in there but okay. um but yeah it was fun it was so much fun it was good just to get off the phones for a bit too that's so. true any time i can get off the phones i will yeah yeah please take me now Don't. jesus i will never <laughs> say no to a free lunch and being off the phone. <laughs> exactly. No, sir, not me. <laughs> oh, that's so hilarious. And then next Sunday, we're going to take a nice little trip to Pocatello, Idaho, and we're going to see about some ghost towns up there and be at a cemetery. So maybe we'll have some more footage and oh, yeah. stories to tell. To and- tell next week, Woo! for sure. Ooh, we're excited. <laughs> yeah, it'll be so, a nice day trip for yeah, us just yeah, to kind of get out of get the away. norm. Yeah, get away. Yeah. I sure need it. Yeah, and we're going to take our little Millie with us. So that Millie is going to be our hero and our protector. She's like, as long as you buy me Jack in the Box, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I have to try that. Do they oh, have yeah. it there? Oh, yeah. Ja- that's like, ugh. so when, okay, when we go to Idaho, me, Diego, Shania, mm-hmm. and Ash, we go party at Charlie's. Shout out to Charlie's Bar. I love you guys, by the way. <laughs> Diva after dark. Woohoo. <laughs> Anyways, jello shots are the good eye for. Anyways, okay. I'm like, leave the damn tray right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we go after that, we go through the drive through at, at um, Jack in the Box to get like uh, li- their little mint package of tacos 
Because they do the, and they're like the greasiest, most grainiest taco you can imagine. But after you've been drinking, they're like, these are the best damn tacos on the planet. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's really, I, I love Jack in the Box and they're building one just now for my house. So I'm super proud of Utah. Gonna have to try that one out. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. So we'll definitely have have some news for you guys coming soon. Yes. So what are we talking about today? You have- <gasps> yeah, we're going to talk about some German uh, serial killers. Kind of just get out of the thing of the United States. Do you want to give our disclaimer? What happens after dark does not condone violence or murder. We are here to just present the facts of some really screwed up individuals. You're funny. Sorry. My dog. She's so <laughs> funny. She's so much better than these serial guys okay yeah. so the first one his name is Fritz honka and honka. He, don't <laughs> i know that's what i was thinking <laughs> honk honk when i first was reading this um and my dad's side of the family's from germany and so that's why it kind of like triggered i thought oh that might be fun to mm-hmm. look at something from germany so he was born frederick paul fritz his name nickname was fritz honka July 31st, 1935. And fun fact, Millie was also born on July 31st, but 2014. <laughs> um, and he lived through October 19th, 1998. So he was a German seri- serial killer between 1970 and 1975. Um, he killed at least four women from Hamburg's red light district, keeping three of the bodies in his flat. Um, and so if you don't know, like uh, in Europe and stuff, an apartment is called a flat. So they were, he kept these bodies there in his flat, like just mm. rotting away. Fun times. Um, and so he was born in Leipzig as the third of 10 children. His father, Fritz Honka Sr., was a joiner. Um, I did look that up, and that is, it has something to do with, like, construction stuff. Oh, okay. Because um, I was like, well, anybody could be a joiner. I want to join a party here, yeah. there, everywhere. So, so I was like, his son? I'm like, <laughs> is this, like, killing? I know. Son, let me give you a little hand. <laughs> so I was just like, what? Like, he for a living, he was joining parties? I didn't know. Yeah. So his mother's name was Elsie Honka, worked as a cleaner. Three of his siblings did die during birth. Um, During his later trial, Hunka described his youth like this. My father was in a concentration camp. I, too, was in a concentration camp for children. He was freed by the Russians. My father was, his father was also. School afterwards didn't amount to much. His mother was said to be unable to cope with her nine children. Honka grew up in the children's um, homes in Leipzig. His father worked as a stoker in Leipzig. It's all related to like brickwork. Um, His father was said to have been sent to a concentration camp for working for the communists. Um, His dad died in 1946 of alcoholism and long-term health issues caused by being in prison. Um, but again, I mean, remember Ed Geinstad, that these fathers seem to have like some big alcohol problems. Um, and being in a concentration <coughs> camp in prison there, those conditions were no. inhuman. Mm-mm. They were tortured. They were, 
they did experiments on them? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. there's so much. Guys, one of our things we want to do is be able to travel and go to the concentration camps, camps and in Germany yeah. because I'm sure like we're going to definitely pick up paranormal oh, activity oh, yeah. there oh yeah but just for me like the history is something that I I, I mean this is where my family came from so yeah. I really would love to just go back and just immerse myself in the history there for a me little bit too. me too um let's see so uh so in the early 1950s, Honka started an apprenticeship as a bricklayer, but had to give it up due to allergies. Honka fled to West Germany in 1951 and started work as an unskilled farm worker in the small village of Brockhofe in the Lundberg Health. He had an affair with a woman named Margot, which yielded a son, which they named Heinrich. Henry in America. Um, Hunga had to pay 3,000 Deutschmarks alimony and left the village. In 1956, he came to Hamburg and was employed as a harbor worker at Hoaldsturkey Deutsch Werft, which I'm sure I'm butchering these names. I'm sorry, anybody that's Germany or German. Um, a serious traffic accident in 1956 smashed his nose and gave him a pronounced squint. Um, so when I post his pictures, you'll see how his nose is like really deformed and it caused eye problems. Um, in 1957, he married Inga and had a son called Fritz, but the marriage failed and they separated in 1960. Neighbors recall violent scenes in their flat um, the couple did reconcile, but then sec separated a second time in 1967. Um, Fritz then moved to the Hamburg neighborhood, Otensen, in 1967. In 1972, he lived together with Ermagard. <coughs> sorry, guys, I'm getting over a cold. <clears throat> Ermagard Albrecht for a while. On August 15, 1972, he attempted to force Ruth Duffner to have sex with him and um, Ermagard. Duffner fled unclothed from Honka's flat and reported him to the police. She, re she received treatment in a hospital. <coughs> At the time of the incident, Honka had a very high blood alcohol level. And then on April, um, April 4th, 1975, hold on, guys. <coughs> oh, are you okay? Can you get my cough Yeah. Sorry, guys. I've literally been talking all day for work and I didn't think I'd have an issue because <coughs> I didn't have an issue when I was working. So I'm going to pop one of these in my mouth. <coughs> We're having technical difficulties. <laughs> With my voice. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just cussed, but that's okay. I dropped one of the cough things and I don't want Millie eating it. There we go. Okay. Let's see. At the time of the incident, Honka had a very high blood alcohol level. And then on April 4th, 1975, a court ordered him to pay a fine of 4,500 Deutschmarks, but a charge of rape was dropped. Um, in the years afterwards, his problems with alcohol prevented him from maintaining relationships with women, and he turned to prostitutes, um, where he would meet them in the pub or 
around the reaper barn for sex. I don't know what the reaper barn is. <coughs> maybe it's a place. Yeah, like, I don't know. It sounds like maybe a back alley or something. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so he was um, labeled as perhaps one of the most uh, humorous killers in history. Um, Fritz Honka was an extremely insecure individuals, individual, um, and he was only like 5'5". Five, five. Oh, so he wasn't that big. <coughs> uh-uh. Kind of like the guy I'm going to do. He wasn't that big. Tall yeah. Either. Well, anyway, poor old Fritz had two great eccentrics. Firstly, he only liked women shorter than himself, and more bizarre, he liked toothless women. This was because his greatest fear was having his cock mutilated during oral sex. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you got fake teeth? Yes, please remove before (laughs) you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, That's just a weird picture. Here, put your keys in the bowl and your teeth. Put your teeth (laughs) in this cup of water. (laughs) You can have them again when you leave. (laughs) Um, Because of these things, Fritz seemed to only see the older prostitutes of Hamburg, um, Germany, because a lot of them were toothless because they were older. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. No dental hygiene there, huh? No. Um, In fact, he liked them so much, he killed four of them between 1971 and 1974. The reason for the murders were simple. They teased him about preferring oral sex to straight sex. So he was being ridiculed, you know, because he liked oral instead, uh, of, instead <coughs> of the physical. Mm-hmm. So they would mock him. So then they had to be killed because they mocked him. <laughs> oh, my God. The only problem with killing whores was the fact that Fritz was too fucking lazy to get rid of the bodies. <laughs> Um, and this is from Murderpedia. My information always comes from Wikipedia and Murderpedia. Um, so yeah, so (laughs) his little body size didn't help either in trying to get rid of the bodies. And so he just left them to rot around him, um, preferring to stay drunk than to remove them. When his neighbors eventually complained about the stench, he still didn't bother to remove the bodies. He just went out and bought a load of cheap deodorant. Which he attempted to cover the smell with. My God. Uh, Here's some old spice. (laughs) (coughs) I mean, come on now. I don't know. Oh, my God. He was truly lazy. Yeah, he was just lazy. Oh, my God. And how can you live in that smell? I can't stand to have anything that's weird around me like that. No. And second, when it's decomposing the maggots and all that, that's like can cause health issues. Exactly. It's not even healthy. It's just, it's so. It's disgusting. Yeah. Him and Edgine must have been. Friends. Friends in another life. <laughs> hey, I'll go down on that one side. When we get to the other side, you kill this. Yeah, I'll kill do this. And Yeah, you just hand me the, you know, the arm because I need a little skin from the elbow. <laughs> yeah. It's, he's just crazy. Um. So, eventually he must have got. Sick of the smell, and so he torched his flat on June 17th, 1975. Um, Unlucky for him, a fireman found the 
um, mummified remains of a body, and he was duly ar- or yeah, and he was duly arrested. And after a short trial, where he pled guilty, he was sentenced to life in- sentenced to life imprisonment, the maximum in journey- Ger- Germany at that time. So that came from the wacky world of murder. Oh wow! So let's talk about the murders a little bit. Let's go in December of 1970. Honka, he was a night watchman for Shell Company at that time committed his um, first proven murder. He strangled Gertrude Brower, a 42-year-old hairdresser and occasional sex worker, in his flat. Honka said that she would not have sex with him. Honka sawed the corpse into pieces and then wrapped them up and hid in various places in in the nearby area. The body parts were found and identified by Hamburg police and their Mm -hmm. investigation did not find um, the murderer. Oh my God. So then four years later, he murdered again. He strangled a 54-year-old sex worker, Anna Bruchel, in his flat on August 1974. He claimed that she had not been passionate enough when they had sex. Oh, please. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. Girl, Ugh. freaky deaky. Mm-mm. That's just it makes me want to punch him in his balls. Anyways, <laughs> December yeah. 74, he killed 57-year-old Frida Roblick in the same way. And in January 1975, he murdered the 52-year-old sex worker, Ruth Schultz. So I feel like the first murder, and then there was like this big, long thing where he didn't murder. But then mm-hmm. it's like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, he goes after one. His last another. three. Mm-hmm. Um, his motives and personality. So Fritz Honka was a was five foot six inches in this account, tall and a slight build. He had a squint and a speech impediment. Hey, I gotta do this right now. <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, can you give me sex? Come on, can you suck my dick?" <laughs> I know, with his eyes real squinty, like <laughs> and his nose. <clears throat> do you have teeth? <laughs> you have teeth. You must remove. <laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> Such a weirdo. I mean, I think all of us have quirks that we prefer, but this is just so crazy to me. It's too creepy. Yeah. So, um, but we talked about both of his marriages failed to heavy alcohol. Um, and then when he drunk, when he would get drunk, um, he would vent his aggression on women, usually shorter than him and often toothless to alle- alleviate the fears of mutilation during hours. Like, woohoo, oh you're so God. awesome, Fritz. Um, so the discovery and trial on July 15th, 1975, the apartment building where Honka lived caught fire because he said it. (laughs) Firemen tackling the blaze discovered a partially decomposed female torso in a plastic bag, which prompted the police to search the flat. Um, so he was at work at this time and was arrested when he returned home. On July 29th, Prince Honka confessed to the murder Uh, murdering the women he withdrew his confession in november of 76 claiming not to remember anything of Of course course. yep um in custody honka said that he killed the women after they mocked his preferences for oral sex over straight intercourse the court found him guilty on one account of murder and three counts of manslaughter he was sentenced to 15 years of imprisonment in a psychiatric hospital his habitual use of alcohol was considered a mitigating factor 
as it diminished in his mental capacity. So I feel like first he was, you know, they sent him to the, the insane asylum mm-hmm. for the criminally insane. And so then probably on to prison. Um, final years. Honka was released from prison in 1993. Right. Yeah. And he spent his last years in a nursing home oh. under the name of Peter Jensen. He died in that hospital um, in Lagenhorn, Hamburg on Jul- October 19th, 1998. Um, there was, uh, okay, so I'm taking this all from the website that I found because some of it is not words that I would say. But his legacy is in 1975, German musician Karl Heinz Bloomberg recorded the Black Humor single, and then it's in German. I don't know how to say it. It says, but the English is, I love to saw the women, a titular reference to the 1920s Schlager. I love to kiss the women, sung by Richard Tauber. <laughs> under is <laughs> these people I'm telling you That's that make plays and shit. <laughs> the the honka donka. I know. <laughs> and so he wouldn't even record under his own name, Richard Tauber, at the time. He was using a cinnamon of hairy horror in reference to honka. The song quickly became an underground hit in Hamburg clubs. So everybody's dancing to this horrible murder <laughs> that that only would do oral sex with people who had no teeth. Um, that's just awesome. So in a club, they're like clubbing out to to Fritz Honka. <laughs> like 50 cents. I'll take you to the candy shop. I know. I love that song. Oh, my <laughs> I gosh. Too. I love that song. But it's not. It's like when you think about it, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's asking <laughs> to lick the lollipop. It's like, okay, that's probably based on this one, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Then there was a German writer, Heinz Strunk. Um, there, his novel was called Der, Der Goldin Handschuh. It translates to The Golden Glove. That was published in 2016. Um, he... He won a, a literature prize for that and nominated the, he got uh, nominated for the Leipzig Book Fair Prize. And it's all based off of Fritz Honka's life. Mm, that's um, a story. Yeah, that's just crazy. And then German director Faith Aiken acquired the rights to Strunk's novel and made a movie adapt, adaptation, which was released in 2019. Um, and Fritz Honka was played by Jonas Dassler. And then in July 2020, the German band Ost Plus Front released the song Honka Honka. <laughs> honka Honka Dory. <laughs> so if you want to go look Let's up do those the honka books. Honka. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so wild. You I want just. A honka Honka. <laughs> yeah, just insane. I'll get pictures posted of him. Um, we're going to cover a second German. Um, I kind of put it with he's male and this is a female killer. Okay. They're in Germany. Um, and when I cover females, you guys will notice that they're most of their ways that they murder is with poison. Oh, like, and, and I think it's because, you know, number one, it's a lot easier than trying to like physically kill Kill somebody. somebody. A man, especially. Yeah. They tend to be stronger. Yep. And then also, like, they're always in the kitchen cooking anyway, so it's, like, easier for them, them to, to yeah. hide it, yeah. 
So our second German serial killer we're going to cover is Geshe Gottfried, um, Gesina or Geshe Marguerite Gottfried, um, was born March 6, 1785. She died on April 21st, 1831. Um, she was a German serial killer who, who murdered 15 people by arsenic poisoning in Bremen and Hanover, Germany between 1813 and 1827. She was the last person to be publicly executed in the city of Bremen. So I remember typing this one up now, and she is quite an interesting character. Oh, boy. So the first thing that uh, Wikipedia had was her psychiatric profile. So Gesina Gottfried was born into a poor family in Bremen. She had a twin brother, Johann him jr she was affectionately known as geshe the low german form of gesina her parents um uh, her mom was a stream uh, seamstress okay. um she was also known by the same name geshe margethe tim and taylor johan tim oh so those were her mom and dad so um, geshe was like a nickname yeah kind of okay. like yeah i think they must pass it down but, I mean, her mom had that first name. So, basically, in looking at this, the twin was named after the dad, and she was named after her mom, kind oh, okay. of. So, okay. they had Junior and Junior. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> junior, Junior. Got it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, and they always had, like, a preference for her brother, not her. Mm -hmm. So, that you know, they showed their favoritism. Um, her father encouraged her to marry at the first opportunity, and at the age of 21, she married Johann Mittenberg, who made a living as a saddler in Bremen. They had three children together. Things changed when Johann's father died, and they inherited some money. So she got greedy real fast. Mm -hmm. um, Johann's behavior changed, and he began drinking and gambling. In 1813, he told Gesha that they were... Um, destitute and all the money had been spent a couple months later after a short period of stomach pain he died she's like bullshit the money's gone you mm. spent all our money i'm gonna kill you now yep. <laughs> i'll kill you you're dead kill, uh, you. kill you that reminds me of the um jeff dunham that does those puppets <laughs> and ahmed he's always like hey kill you kill you <laughs> i know so that was her thing um <laughs> So then a few months later, she met Michael Christoph Gottfried, a relatively rich wine merchant. Oh. Geshe's mother, Geshe Tim, died following um, with stomach pain in May of 1815. Her own daughters then died, and the scope of victims widened. Coincidentally, a cholera epidemic hit Germany around 1815 mm -hmm. and helped to obscure her crimes. Moreover, Geshe helped uh, greatly in the town during the epidemic, gaining the nickname of the Angel of Bremen. Mm. Um, I bet she was helping. She was helping them die. Yeah. You're going out the door anyway, so let's Let just get rid of you. Let me you here, yeah. Perfect her, probably. Her skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In 1826, she sold her house to Johann and Wilhelmina Rump, and they asked her to stay on as a housekeeper. That would be hard. Like sell the house that you own and then be asked to stay and tend it. Uh-huh. That's got to be harsh. Yeah, that would not be easy to do. 
Um, and by her asking her that, that led to Wilhelmina's death. <laughs> a, maid, a, maid, a maid left saying that illness and death followed Geshe. Johann Rumpf became ill, but was now suspicious. He, yeah, his death became suspicious. He analyzed his food, or he became suspicious as to why he's getting, you know, stomach pain and stuff. So he began analyzing his food and found specks of white powder, which he took to local chemist, Dr. Luce. He decided it was arsenic and notified authorities. Gesh found him out and fled to Hanover, where she started killing again. Starting with Mrs. Schmidt and her daughter, who died in May of 1827. In July, Frederick Klein was also killed. Um, she was captured by authorities on March 6, 19, or sorry, 1828, her 43rd birthday. Um, news of her arrest quickly spread. She confessed to killing 15 people and trying to kill many more. She was truly like going at it. Insane. I mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah. 15 plus still trying to kill even more. That's just crazy to me. Um, yeah. Insane. Um, the reason behind Gottfried's crimes remain unclear and widely debated, but the emotional deprivation she suffered during her childhood and her modus operandi led to assumption that she suffered from Munchausen syndrome by proxy a very common disorder among female serial killers. Interesting. And what I don't is know. Munchausen? So Munchausen is kind of like, um, from what I understand, and if I'm wrong, you know, please email us, let us know. Um, but if I remember right, and I should have looked it up, Munchausen is like, um, you see somebody who is sick, and so you start to like, oh. like you're going to start getting sick, sick too. So they mentally get sick with, Whatever uh -huh. anybody else has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, like if someone would have saw me, oh, you have cancer. Oh, no, I have cancer, cancer too. too. Yeah. yeah. So, it's really kind of crazy. Okay. okay. Um, so, Gottfried's victims included her parents, her two husbands, her fiancé, and her children. Before being suspected and convicted of the murder, she uh, garnered widespread sympathy among the inhabitants of Bremen because so many of her family and friends fell ill and died. Um, because of her devoted nursing of the victims during their time of suffering, she was known as the Angel of Bremen until her murders were discovered. So she'd get these people sick and be like, oh, look at me. Yay. Yeah. And, and kill then, you some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she used rat poison called mouse butter. Oh. Um, in German, it's mouse butter. Very common all the time, which consisted of uh, small flakes of arsenic, arsenic mixed in animal fat. Ew. She Ew. mixed all doses in her victim's food, and when they started to get sick, she friendly, friendly and selflessly and resignedly offered to take care of them during their while they're sick, um, while she was continuing to poison them. Um, so during the, her criminal activity, Geshe Gottfried was considered a model citizen, and was well-liked in the community, even after the constant loss of relatives who suffered. It seemed that the friendly, candid, and kind Geshe chased a cloud of misfortune. Her neighbors moved by her zeal and resignation with caring not only for her family, but also her sick friends. Um, and so they gave her that. So the 
Victims on October 1st, 1813 was Johann Miltenberg. That was her first husband. Mm -hmm. Then May 2nd, 1815, Geshe Marguerite Tim, her mom. May 10th, 1815, Joanna Gottfried, a daughter. And then May 18th, 1815, Adelaide Gottfried, another daughter. Uh, June 28th, 1815, Johann Tim, her father. September 22nd, 1815, Heinrich uh, Gottfried, uh, who was her son. June 1st, 1816, Johann Tim, her twin brother. July 5th, 1817, Michael Christoph Gottfried, that was her second husband. June 1st, 1823, Paul Thomas Zimmerman, who was a fiancé. March 21st, 1825, Anna Lucia Marholz. Um, she was a friend and a music teacher. Um, December 5th, 1825, Johan Mosis, uh, a neighbor, a friend, and advisor. December 22nd, 1826, Wilhelmine Rumpf, landlady. May 13th, 1827, Elsie Schmidt, daughter of Beta Schmidt. Um, May 15th, 1827, Beta Schmidt. Um, and then July 24th, 1827, Friedrich Klein, who is a friend, predator, and murdered in Hanover. Wow, everyone close to her. Oh, yeah, she just was eliminating. Starting with her own family. Mm-hmm, exactly. Wow. So her arrest, conviction, and execution are as follows. So Johann Christoph Rumpf would have, would have been Gishi's uh, 12th victim if he hadn't become suspicious after finding small white granules of, on the food that she had prepared. He confided to his physician, Dr. Luce, but already attended several of the earlier victims and handled uh, or handed over the substance he had found. Luce determined that it was arsenic and alerted authorities, but that's when she went to Hanover. And then again on her 43rd birthday is when she was arrested. She was sentenced to death by decapitation. Oh, yes. And she was publicly executed on April 21st, 1831. Um, like I said earlier, um, it was the last known public execution. Um, at that time, they used to make death masks for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so um, her death mask was made to study the facial patterns of criminal women. Um, this is within the now obsolete field of study of pharaonology. She also had some influences on literature. Um, so there's an art book, twenty. it was a 2016 art book by Sarah Bodman called Gift. I made this for you. Um, and Gift is German for poison. Oh. Gosh, that makes me think. Like when we give gifts to people, because it's spelled the same way, G-I-F-T. Oh, are we giving them poison? Yeah, like what the heck? I don't know. That's weird. To be determined. Yeah. Um, and so... So it's like a, a, she set up like a pamphlet with 14 recipes for each of Godfrey's victims. All of the food was cooked and photographed with the same ingredients and the same sequence of the original food that was made for her, Godfrey's victims. No so they just like laid it all out and like took pictures. This is the one that killed a this person. Book. Yeah, that's just weird. Um, <sighs> And then finally, in murderesses in German writing, 1720 to 1860, 
Heroines of Horror in 2009. So these are all books and stuff that people had done um, mm-hmm. that she's in. So, and then there was um, in 1972, uh, a director or a play that was written by Rainer Werner Fassenbinder. <laughs> um, so he also did a version of uh, the TV version of his, of the play starring Marguerite Kirsten. I don't know what that is. Um, but yeah, that's, that's our, that's our male and female German wow. killers. They're very disturbed human beings. Um, and especially back then. Yeah. But back then, once they knew you were done. Exactly. I mean, look how fast. I mean, she how was like tried, yeah. hung, and yeah. done. They don't wait 15 years. Mm-mm. No, they don't wait. 20 years. No. No. They just get them done. They get it done and over with. That you kill people. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's better that way because I, as a taxpayer, I don't like having to think that, you know, some of my taxes are probably supporting inmates. Yeah. You know, and if they're sentenced to the death penalty, then let's get it done. Exactly. I agree with that. I agree. I don't understand why they have to wait so long. I get they have to appeal and stuff, but how many times do they get to appeal? Once a year for 20, you get 20 appeals or what? I know. It gets drug out way too long sometimes. Yeah, so too much. No. All right, guys, for our palate cleanser, I did pull a card. It's from my, um, it's another Alana Fairchild. I love this author. Um, her oracle cards and books are just amazing. Mm. I just, she's probably my favorite. Um, this is the white light oracle. Um, and we were, Spirit chose for us number 43, which is Karma of Putohala. And it looks like an angel. I think that's why when I saw it, I was drawn to it because she was mm. the angel of Bren- Brenneman. Oh, yeah. Brenneman. So let's see. Um, these are very detailed, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it says, your sacred soul passion is powerful enough to shift the state of your inner reality and your outer experience. So commit to what truly ignites your heart and do not be dissuaded by anything or anyone. If you are seeking to make a commitment, do so when it truly connects you to the to your heart. Follow your genuine meaningful bliss. Know that no matter what appears to be, you shall you shall prevail. You will arise. Um I love that last line, you shall arise. Um and if you could see this card, it's like a bird coming out with the light that's coming from the bottom and it's like it's rising up. And so for this week, guys, just like concentrate on letting yourself arise. You know, when you arrive somewhere, like truly arrive, have your mindset where it needs to be and just show up at that place and show up for yourself, but also show up for those around you that might be looking for guidance. And if your light shines bright like that, then you're uh, you're allowing others to fill of that energy that could be healing them. Mm-hmm. And this, you're probably that person they need that moment. So, mm-hmm. so share your light, show Shine. up for people, and show up for yourself this week because you're 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 the only one that's you. There's nobody in the world that's you. So except for you, so show up for yourself this week. Shine bright like a diamond. Yes. I know. That's the song I was thinking of. Just don't shine so brightly that you create arsenic and kill somebody. Yeah. Don't kill. <laughs> Please. No. Alrighty. Well, so we have social media. Yes. So let's, let me find it. 
so sorry. Nope. And while she's looking for that, just to let you guys know, you can find us on all the all the um, wonderful platforms, Spotify, Apple, um, Amazon. I mean, the, we're Pandora on all of them. Pandora, iHeart. Yes. Yes. We're on all of them. So please, please listen to us. Please Apple share. Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, uh, Samsung, Stitcher, Listen Notes, Deezer, RSS. Also, email us. If you're interested in mm-hmm. anything in particular that you want us to research and cover, you want to share one of your stories, something that has happened to you, uh, reach out to us. We're happy to, you know, read and, and share with it in one of our episodes. Our email is whathappensafterdarkll at gmail.com. Yep. And then you can find us at on Facebook at Luna Wad, which is W-H-A-D, stands for What Happens After Dark Lee, L-E-E. Instagram is What Happens After Dark L-L. And then TikTok is WAD1210. So again, W-H-A-D. And please, please, if you want to donate to our Patreon, yes. and I need to get better at uploading our, our episodes onto Patreon too, um, you can just find us on Patreon at What Happens After Dark. Yes, yes, please. So thank you so much for being with us. And bye. bye.